Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times. I'm Oscar Boyd. This week we're talking about Clubhouse, the invite-only social media platform that became the most downloaded application in Japan's Apple App Store earlier this month. Clubhouse was created less than a year ago by its founders Paul Davison and Rohan Seth and is still technically in its beta phase. So what is it and why is it proving so popular here? Joining me this week is Yuzuha Oka, a tech journalist at News Picks Japan. Thank you for joining me, Yuzuha. Thank you very much for having us. And also with us today is Austin Freeman, a Japan Times contributor and the founder of the 13,000 member strong clubhouse group Tokyo Unearthed. Thank you for joining us, Austin. Thanks for having me here, Oscar. Appreciate it. In terms of Clubhouse's short lifespan, both of you are early adopters. So I'm hoping you can give us a good introduction to the app. Let's begin with the basics. What is Clubhouse? So Clubhouse is, I would say, an audio-centric social media. It has started in April 2020, and it's still in beta use, and there's no Android app, so you have to use Apple or iPhone to use it. And I will bring it on to Austin for you know more expertise on how I should explain about this app. <laughs> okay, well, Yuzuha definitely had it down pat. It is a new social media platform where audio is the main currency. So it is constant conversations. Um, you essentially create rooms, and these rooms appear in your hallway, what we know to be timeline. So um, the equivalent to, say, your Instagram or Twitter timeline. In Clubhouse, it's your hallway. The way that oftentimes we Clubhouse users approach it is think of it as a as a house party. And there are many different rooms that you can enter um, throughout this house party. And you always have the option to stick around or go to another more interesting room. So you hop in and out of rooms um, with different discussions, different people. And that is essentially Clubhouse in a nutshell. Um, what rooms you have access to and how your experience will be all depends on who you follow. And in what format do these discussions actually take place? Yuzaha, do you want to jump in here? Sure. So when you open the Clubhouse app, you will see a bunch of rooms, which is a little bit of like a radio station, like each little segment so if you click on one room and you decide to join you'll be able to listen to their conversation and that is like the ongoing conversation and you can just listen to it or you can raise hands and try to if the you know the speakers or moderators think that you can come on you can hop on and join the discussion so you can have a two-way conversation there and you can quietly leave the room without any fuss so that's that's about it. That's like a really basic use of Clubhouse, I guess. So you have like a, a group of speakers and then the people listening and then there's some fluidity in the people listening. If they raise their virtual hand, they can also be invited up to speak if the speakers want them to join. Yes. And you said that the app was only created back in April 2020. It's a very new app and still in its beta phase. So do we know how many members it actually has worldwide at this point? I think it has currently 6 million plus users and it's only invite. So you have 
two invites per person in the beginning and you can only invite them and then they, they join. So I think there is a fear of missing out moment there as well. So you feel like you want to join the club and you are waiting on a waiting list. So that really created a hype in Japan and also in the US. And, you know, I think remembering back in January, there were a Twitter feed is exploded with like, I want an invite, I want to invite da, 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 to be able to, you know, jump into this kind of bandwagon. On full disclosure, Yuzaha, you were the one who invited me onto Clubhouse. I had yeah. no idea what it was when you said, would you like an invite to Clubhouse? I still barely have an idea of what Clubhouse is. Austin, when did you get involved with Clubhouse? I joined in early December of 2020. So I managed to get onto the app actually almost an entire two months before it really blew up in Japan. So it happens in waves. Um, there are new cultural um, norms within the app every month um, and almost every week because it's growing so rapidly. We kind of feel like Clubhouse um, goes in dog years, even though it's only been a month or two months, it feels like it's been a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what are some of the changes you've seen, Austin? Well, just in terms of updates, they are constantly um, scaling and adding new tools for us. Um, when I got on, there wasn't even a proper um, way to search for clubs. And of course, seeing, you know, like the app explode in different countries and then that cultural exchange. So a week before Japan, we had Germany um, really blow up on the app. And that was cool because now you had um, a bunch of German rooms and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to go in and see what they're saying. I think that, you know, the country blow up thing was pretty interesting. So you said about the Germany and then Japan came. And I think how the founder has, you know, been planning it, I think when I was listening to their onboarding sessions, the founders were not really sure why that kind of brew up happened. So first of all, like I thought that they were planning all these like country launches or something, but it seemed like that happened organically. Is that the case? From my understanding, yes, that that is the case. The founders do want to scale. It's actually, at this point, probably their, in their view, their, their biggest problem because they're growing so rapidly, but they are still just a team of 10 people and they don't have all the muscle power to, you know, effectively moderate or, you know, just cradle all these users who are getting on the platform. So I think they are both incredibly happy that the app shoots off in another country, you know, practically every week, but also probably some degree of terrified because they cannot scale as quickly as people are getting into the app. Really speaking to Clubhouse's rapidly growing popularity is the fact that Earlier this month here in Japan, it became the most downloaded app on the Apple App Store with something like 440,000 downloads in a single week. So why do you think it's proved so popular here? For me, like for my understanding, I think pandemic has had a big influence. And I think Japanese people or maybe people all over the world were craving this kind of social connection. And I think audio had this kind of 
really unique power to connect with people and this kind of spontaneousness. So it is really live and you are joining in the conversation and if you are not there, you won't be able to hear it and all the things or all the content will be gone compared to like Instagram feed or Twitter feed. There's always going to be there. And you don't have to show up like Zoom because I think people are really a little bit tired about you know, showing up on screen as well to be able to be you know, seen and prepared there. Yeah, um, I agree with Yuzuha's um, sentiments. For my personal, you know, just what I've witnessed with the Japanese community getting on, the pandemic has certainly played a role. In, but also... When we talk about Japan, I think Clubhouse offers a very unique um, gateway that Japanese people otherwise didn't have. Oftentimes, when you're in Japan, you know, it can be difficult to find that, that group of Japanese or international friends and really establish a bond. But I think Clubhouse is a great way for folks to, it takes a lot of the pressure off. You know, it's not, as Yuzuha said, it's not a Zoom meeting. You don't have to show up with, you know, all your makeup done or, you know, like wearing your best outfit. You kind of just have to go into it being, you know, authentic as yourself and really making the most out of it. I think that appeals to the Japanese user base very much because that anxiety um, is taken away. You know, you don't have to worry about that anymore. We've noticed also a lot of um, Japanese politicians, people involved in the tech world, celebrities getting on to Clubhouse as well. Why do you think they've embraced it so quickly? I think they are trying to, you know, seize the moment and to be able to be famous in a new platform. So when we think about Instagram or TikTok or other social media platforms, for example, Instagram, we see a rise of influences and how they have gained their positions. Like, you know, Naomi Watanabe or Kiko Mizuhara, those people have become really quite a big thing there. And I think people have been trying or looking for another opportunity because, you know, Instagram followers or Instagram celebrities, they're established. Established people in Twitter or Instagram, those social media has already been decided. But, you know, we now have a new opportunity there and there are only, you know, a couple of thousand followers just yet on Clubhouse. So people are thinking that if we are able to become a good influencer here or creator here, maybe they can have a chance to, you know, thrive in this new age um, where, you know, there are decreasing opportunities, especially in this pandemic. You can't be on the stage or on the theater. So they, I think they are trying to have a moment in a new platform, in my opinion. I agree. I also believe it offers new ways for celebrities to connect, not just with their established fan base, but to different audience. You know, if you take Kiko Mizuhara, for example, she is bilingual. She can speak English and Japanese. So if you get on the app and you see Kiko Mizuhara, she could be speaking in a room um, with other English speakers or other Japanese speakers. And that isn't necessarily something that you'll see, um, you know, on her Instagram or other social media accounts, at least not to 
the same intimacy that you have on Clubhouse. There are many niches that not just celebrities, but every person can fill. So I think really a driving factor in these celebrities getting on the platform is I'm able to express myself in an entirely new medium, and it's one-to-one. And what I mean by one-to-one is when you speak, there is no filter to the speakers on the stage and to the listeners in the audience. Whereas with Instagram and, you know, Twitter, you have algorithms working against you. You have your message shortened to 280 characters. You have limitations on how you deliver and how you ultimately can say your message. But on Clubhouse, you're speaking unlimited, Um, you know? So I think a lot of folks, both celebrities and non-celebrities, have seen the real value in that. So I want to ask you both a little bit about how you guys are actually using the platform Austin you have already gained several thousand followers on your account but also you're the founder of Tokyo Unearthed which I think at least last time we spoke had about 12,000 followers and Yuzuha I know you've done a few clubhouse rooms yourself you said you were doing you know a weekly morning (laughs) show with some of your colleagues at Newspix so yeah so how are you finding the platform and, and what are you seeing as its greatest advantages? I would love to hear Austin's story first. I would love to learn, like, you know, what you are doing for these couple of months. <laughs> uh, thank you, Zaha. Yeah, so for these first couple of months, well, right now on Clubhouse, the way you establish a club is you have to fill out an online application. It's just on their website. And I was able to actually get three clubs because I joined in December. And I was like, hmm... Let me just get my ideas established into clubs immediately, and then I can choose which one I want to build out first. So I have three clubs at the moment, but yes, Tokyo Unearthed is my passion project. And yeah, we recently just hit 13,000 members and nearly 10,000 followers, so we've grown exponentially these past few weeks and when I made the club back in December it was really just me and a few other folks I had met on the app and we had been discussing you know Digimon I just made a room and Mm -hmm. said I think Digimon is underrated and we should have that discussion the minute Japan got on I said okay it's time for me to start building my club out and I immediately um, started creating rooms under my club Tokyo Unearthed in both English and Japanese. And I thought, what better way to get people involved than to talk about societal issues in Japan. So for the past um, month, I've been hosting discussions in both English and Japanese on gender equality in Japan, the Olympics, LGBT rights in Japan, all of the things that, you know, are considered more touchy or taboo subjects. That's really how I've been using it the past um, month now. I try to have a wonderful cultural exchange with other Japanese people and really build upon that. But I love to hear what Yuzuha is doing because some of the first Japanese people I met on the app were the um, the startup people, the VCs. They were the early adopters as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, 
That is totally true. And one of the interesting things and exciting thing for me is that because I'm a journalist, tech journalist, business journalist, and I talk to people in the startup and VC field. So that is one of my passion there. So I use it two ways for Clubhouse. So for one thing, I use it as a kind of source of inspiration or source of story or who I could interview next. So, you know, I am currently doing a story about how the VC ecosystem in Japan and how it has you know, the history of it or how it has evolved and what it, where it is going. And for example, there was a major CEO change in one of the companies, DNA, which is a gaming company. And at that night, I was writing an article about the, the previous CEO and the new CEO. And then I saw a loom starting up about the people who know him, like because there are so many startup people and VC people flocked in this app. So he, they were talking, discussing about the memories from that, you know, that CEO. And that was pretty interesting because people seem really relaxed on that platform. So I don't write things that has happened there. That's like the house rule. So we don't do that. But, you know, because listening to people talking, you can get an idea of how, like what kind of relationship they have with other person or what kind of advice they give so you can see the real and intimate interaction of how people you know talk to so that really definitely gives me a kind of inspiration and the other way to use it is that because I love podcasts listening to it and also I was doing the you know the making of it back when I was in Australia so I love this kind of spontaneous room making and also hosting a show so we were doing a kind of like a morning show trying to talk to people who are obsessed about something so people who a girl who loves natto so much or a guy who loves jiro ramen and she is so obsessed with like all the all the different variations of jiro ramen so it was so fun to be able to talk to people and it is kind of, I think, easier than a podcast because you don't really have to edit and you don't have to prepare too much because there's not going to be anything left. So you don't really have to worry too much about what you say. So I think it will be a less hurdle compared to starting a whole new show or podcast. So I think a couple of interesting things were said there. You brought up this idea of this the house rule of things aren't recorded, which means people are relaxed and there's this kind of expectation that journalists, for example, won't write about the conversations being had in Clubhouse. And I, I, I guess this partly extends from, you know, the idea that it is kind of invite only at the moment. But at the same time, some of these conversations have, you know, I think the the room limit is 5,000 people and you often see especially when there's like a big Japanese entertainer involved with these conversations that 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 room limit is hit you'll have 5,000 people listening to this conversation and I know there have more recently been a couple of incidents of reporters reporting based on stuff um, they've heard in the clubhouse space so is this creating a tension here like the, the idea that it's kind of meant to be a private space but really it is a very very public forum in the way that all social media actually is yes um there has been a lot of discussion in regards to trust and safety as it pertains to journalists because oftentimes what i've noticed is you know you will have very 
different reactions. Um, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, wonderful, you know, you're a journalist because everyone wants, you know, to be in the, the paper or the magazine. They want, you know, to promote their brand, their product, whatever it is. But they're also very cognizant of the fact that they're being vulnerable in these spaces. They're letting their guard down. And that's not something that they necessarily want, you know, put up on, you know, the front page tomorrow morning. So what happens when enough people in your quote-unquote network block someone is that they get a black badge on their profile. And that black badge essentially tells you this person has been blocked so many times in your network, we feel it's worth mentioning. And to my knowledge, the only way for that to be removed is for people to unblock you. And one thing is a lot of people feel that journalists should not be on the app um, at all. I don't want to get into the dynamics of that. I just want to address the sentiment that is there because questions have been raised to specifically trust and safety at Clubhouse. You know, what does it mean if you're a journalist and you're doing good work and, you know, you're not writing hit pieces on people, but you're simply doing your job, you know, you're honoring that unspoken rule, as Yuzu has said, but because of your profession, people mass block you, and now you have a black badge on this platform. Yeah, to me, that raises a huge number of questions, because if you were hosting an event in the physical world with 5,000 people, there'd be no way to block a reporter from coming and reporting on the event if they wanted to. And so far, we've talked about Clubhouse as, you know, quite a positive sounding space from your experiences. But it sounds to me like there's not much in the way of moderation due to the small team size at Clubhouse and if journalists are being banned from entering certain rooms, it could be very easy for large groups to assemble that promote hate speech or anti-Semitism or things like that. And for us to have no way to know that these kind of conversations were happening. Yeah. Yes. And that actually um, did happen. And in one of the recent town halls, um, the founders of the app, you know, Paul and Rohan, Paul specifically said, you know, Clubhouse has a um, zero tolerance for hate speech. They don't allow that kind of um, content on the platform. So they definitely don't want, you know, hate groups or anything of the like coming onto the app and spewing very harmful um, or divisive rhetoric. So you do raise a wonderful point because if journalists, you know, were not in some of those rooms when, you know, they were going through that back in 2020, um, nobody would have known. And if nobody knows about the problem, how can we take action? How can people know that this is something that needs to be addressed? So I agree, Oscar, and I hope that as the app continues to grow and Clubhouse's team gets bigger, um, including trust and safety, um, it'll be less on journalists to call these type of things out and more on the trust and safety team as well. Yeah, so I guess one of the things about moderation is really, really difficult thing because, you know, moderating a content in text for like Facebook or for visual element like 
Instagram. That one has been an issue, and you know, Insta- uh, Instagram or Facebook has built a team and also they train AI to do it as much as possible, but they are still figuring out. And now, audio is a lot more difficult to do the content moderation. And also, there's also a language issue as well. I think there are not many Japanese speakers on the team, like developing team, so I don't really think that they will be able to moderate what is being said currently in the Japanese platform, so that one is going to be totally an issue. I'm going to wrap up the conversation by playing the Cynic card. We're in the early days of the app and I know there are grand plans for monetization, things like tipping speakers or buying tickets to certain shows or certain events. But we've already seen that Facebook has announced it will be developing a competitor to Clubhouse, which will obviously be incredibly well resourced and tap into Facebook's existing user base. So do you actually think that Clubhouse will be something that's long lived or do you think that once the pandemic subsides and there's much more competition from other platforms that Clubhouse will go the way of social networks like Snapchat? So Facebook is, you know, as you said, planning to launch a similar version and also Twitter has been experimenting with it as well. And I think there is, especially for Twitter, there is an affinity in the platform because many of the current Clubhouse user base is, you know, connected with the Twitter account because they don't have a DM function. But at the same time, one thing a person who has pointed out about the, the ups and downs of all the social media he said that there's going to be a new social media in every five years because people want to change their friendship in every five years, so they want to renew. So there's always going to be a saturation. They are trying, you know, beginning to feel this kind of an itch that they are confined to existing social media, such as like Instagram, Twitter. You have a follower, you have a kind of friends, but you get tired of you know, being in the same bubble. So they are looking for another way to connect with a brand new or fresh start. And and I think Clubhouse could be a tier for them to, you know, have a new and clean state, state of beginning a new friendship and also connecting with only people you will you want to connect right now. I, I agree. Um, when it comes to... Am I worried about the competitors of, or should we as a collective be worried about the competitors? I don't want to have discussions in a clubhouse-like format with people on Facebook. Not the people on my friends list, usually, and certainly not the people I don't have added as my friends. So I immediately found that a clubhouse discussion, part of the reason why I was so drawn to it was because it was new. It was fresh. I had no prior established, you know, connections to all of these people. There is a lot of appeal for me personally. I just want a new space. And that is something I had been, you know, chomping at the bit for, um, for a while. And Clubhouse has finally offered that. Just the culture that we have seen on Clubhouse is one of, it's very warm and inviting and it lends itself to new people you know that's why we have the welcome rooms that's why we have the 
international jam sessions um, where we just have a great cultural exchange. And I really don't feel that that can happen on Twitter or Facebook. I mean, it can, but um, uphill battle. So I think for the moment, I'm pretty happy with using Clubhouse and watching it grow because there's just so many new connections to be made. And I really enjoy that. Well, Yuzuha, Austin, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you so much, Oscar. It was great. That was NewsPix's Yuzuha Oka and Japan Times contributor Austin Freeman. You can follow them both on Clubhouse. Yuzuha is at Yuzu and Austin is at Anxiety. As Austin mentioned, time seems to be measured in dog years in Clubhouse. So I'll put links to new developments and interesting reporting in the show notes. If you'd like to get on Clubhouse yourself to see what the fuss is about, there is a waiting list. And if you join that, friends you have on the platform should be able to see you there and let you in. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, Potskare Sama. Mm-hmm.